up, everybody. You're now at your favorite stop for all things sports, politics, and culture. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast with Devon Pouncey, a production of ThatCast Network. Hey, now, say now, you're tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I am your host, Devon Pouncey. We are here in the beautiful city of Portland, Oregon at the Living the Dream Studios, per usual. And my man's is back today. <clears throat> D-Boy is alongside me. He made it back from the wilderness. <laughs> I went camping for the first time since I was 13. Wow, it's been that Ka- long? Kayak, yeah, uh, Severiano Mendoza. They took me wow. remember when we lived on Alabama Street. Wow, that's crazy. I ain't crazy. been camping since then, P. That's crazy. So it, was, it is crazy, bro. Yeah, that's <laughs> that wild. That's wild. Shout out to Severiano Mendoza, yeah, uh, avid by listener. the way. Avid listener. Yes, always indeed. listen to the podcast. Always giving us feedback, letting us know his thoughts on whatever it is that we have to say. So shout out to him. I don't even think he would know that. And you're you're 29. Yeah, 16 years ago. Damn, we, we was in middle school, Pete. 29. Damn near going to high school. Do you school, think, think he would know that that the last time you went camping was with him? He gonna find out because he yeah, listens. I, but I, yeah, I understand that. But yeah. you think before listening to this no, episode, he definitely probably that thought he in knows between that. time I didn't been camping. Man. I still remember that's the first time I heard that uh, Nate Dogman. Hey, OG, could you tell me? But, yeah, that's the first time I remember all that, Kenny. I was 13. Oh, you taking it way yeah, back? Yeah. So that was. Uh, <laughs> uh, that was a trip to remember for sure. And uh, yeah, his pops and everything they took us, but I ain't went since. You know, where did you go? I'm city boy, I couldn't tell you. You don't even know where you went I camping. I can't even tell you. So mm-hmm. you went camping and came to him. You took 13. all those oh, beautiful said, Hold on, this, this time. I'm oh, saying, I thought you oh, meant no, 13. No, 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 no. I'm talking about where oh, did you just go? Trillium Lake, hey, Mount Hood. <laughs> Mount Hood. I went to Trillium Lake. It was okay. Uh, yeah, Mount Hood. I think it's government's camp is like the city that it's called, but okay. it's really right where the Mount Hood Ski Bowl Resort and all the little activities and stuff is. It's about 10 minutes past that, and uh, it got like 50-some different campground stations. Yeah, I found I was- out about it through uh, recreation.gov, and uh, when we went up there last year for my birthday, I seen the lake, but we was just there for like an hour, and people were just fishing catching fish left and right you got the reflection of mount hood off of it so mm. when i was thinking about you feel me B- birthday festivities this year i'm like we finna go there and really do the camping thing so since i ain't been since i was 13 right, i had right. to do everything from buy flashlights to you know knives i was i was living out there okay, i was outside, was outside with it, with it <laughs> outside. Huh? okay okay yeah it's interesting because it's pre- it's been about five or six years since i've been camping so it's been a little while for me as well but i've only gone camping in california because obviously yeah. five six years ago well really man that's crazy it went august now august makes five years since See? i've been living in oregon that's crazy five years it's my five-year anniversary decade, living in this state that's crazy to think about about. So it makes sense that it was five or six years ago that I went camping Cali. in California mm-hmm. right before I moved here to Oregon. And I would imagine Oregon's campgrounds are a lot better than California's yeah, based on hey, kind of the nature hey, element hey. that comes with this state. But California might have had. To, yeah. I tried to make it as uh, you know appealing as possible to me for what I like. So I, I went and bought fishing poles. I brought all kind of games and different stuff just to keep me busy. But the actual campground, I mean, it was beautiful. Everything was clean. I seen somebody multiple times, you know, uh, taking care of the bathrooms. You groundskeeping. Yeah, it's not necessarily a porta potty. I forgot the exact word, but it's not a full bathroom either. But they was on top of it though. I watched the groundskeepers was on point. And then obviously where it's at, it's really a tourist setting because of 
how Mount Hood reflects. You seen some of the pictures? Yeah, the pictures were dope. Yeah, how Mount Doper Hood than anywhere that I ever went yeah. camping at in California. Yeah, that's I'll tell I'm you saying. that much. And it's like <laughs> we ended up. Now, actually, granted, our pictures were a lot different back then. Yeah, too. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, for really, people have to book like six months in advance. So I got wow. lucky because uh, it was only available for one night, and then they hold like ten different campsites that are only available for walk-up the other 40 something you have to reserve hmm. so i only really had thursday night reserved and then i popped up at 7 30 in the morning and went to who was a no-show who won't de whoop i want the spot and luckily the spot right across the one from where we was already set up was a, a no-show oh, wow. so by 10 they said let's wait give them till 10 o'clock but they were supposed to be here yesterday so if they don't show up by 10 a.m just move your stuff right over so we didn't have to break down tents or nothing. We carried it right over, carried our stuff over, reset up, and so we had Thursday and Friday. So oh, that you was live, you yeah, living the dream was, for was, real, yeah, my I was, brother. I was cool. You feel me? So, <laughs> like I said, everything from fishing to canoes to kayaking to just regular games. We caught like twelve fish. Uh, I gutted my first rainbow trout wow. and cooked it on the campfire. Like, really? Yeah, we was thugging. How was it? Was it good? It was good. I met somebody, man. I'm new to fishing. I was out there with a janky rig. <laughs> my, my bait was going straight to the seaweed. So. <laughs> yeah, you got no chance. Yeah, I had no chance. You feel me? All I was catching was uh, BS. So the dude came and checked out my thing, and he was like, you almost got it. You need to make this one minor adjustment and have some more lead on your line so that the bait could... Uh, Float while the while the while the uh you know whatever sink to the bottom. So I'm like, all right, the weight. That's what I was looking for. Mm -hmm. So, bruh, he literally did some on my pole, bruh. Within five minutes of the change, we start catching rainbow trout, Cuddy. I'm talking <laughs> about every cast. And yeah. so we end up linking the whole time. And so he showed he gutted the first one we caught, and he showed me how to do it. And then I looked at YouTube in addition to what he told me, and uh. We was out there gutting. You had you yeah. was able to get on YouTube. YouTube. And, and, yeah, I had reception too. You had reception. Was crazy, oh yeah, you can't that, lose that reception really, at a that campsite. Was, that was really the only. Uh, that was really the part I liked, the, disliked the most. I was ex I was looking forward to getting away from the world. Yeah. I didn't want no reception. I wanted yeah. to be unreachable for two days, but. It was cool in real time to be able to upload some of them videos and pictures. So, I mean, it was cool to have it at some point, such as looking up, you know, certain things. I mean, I even had to look up how to start a campfire at one point in time, Cuddy. Right, it it right. was that real. So, yeah. well, it, it came in handy, but I was looking forward to getting away from the world. Yeah, for sure. Well, unfortunately, I was one of those people that called you while you were at the campsite yes, with a did. pretty disturbing call. Yeah, that sat heavy on my heart afterwards, too. Yeah, that led to this podcast ending in a very unorthodox way last mm -hmm. week um, with the passing of Deontay Strickland, former two-sport athlete at Portland State. I got to talk a little bit about him last week as I found out the news while we were actually wrapping up the podcast, too. We were mm -hmm. at the end of the podcast, the tail end of it. Were you just scrolling down and, and seeing it? I just went on Instagram. We were wow. doing our Taking L's segment, and Spencer coincidentally was talking about the boxer that passed away and that was his L was, you know, surrounding more so the sport of boxing because of the way that he passed away. And, you know, sometimes when I know he's going to be talking for a little while, same goes with you. I might pop on my phone, my laptop, and I went on my phone. And the first thing I saw on Instagram was a post from Portland State Athletics uh, Instagram mm -hmm. page. Unbelievable. And 
it said in memoriam with the year he was born to the year that he passed, obviously, which was this year. And it was just mind-blowing to me because I just saw him the night caught before. Caught you off guard, huh? Caught me way off guard. Because you said it and it caught me off guard. Yeah, it caught me way off guard. Like, I, when I saw it, Spencer was still talking and I literally was just stuck on that one picture to where I didn't even try to find out what happened because I was just so yeah. stuck in that moment. And Spencer, once I obviously mentioned it here on the podcast, Spencer was a little bit sharper than I was at the time and went and looked up the article and then we ended up finding out how he passed and away. Coincidentally, so, you seen him in his last 24. I seen him in his last 24 Ooh. hours of living, man. Ooh. I seen him in his last 24 hours of living. So obviously that has affected me in a major way this entire week, honestly, and who knows, it's probably going to affect me for a lot longer because it's just such a tragic situation. Mm -hmm. um, just imagining even going forward, it, it's just all bad. Um, but, yeah, unfortunately, I had to give you that news. But do you have any words? Because you used to come to a right. lot of the games because, obviously, I was on the call. And right, right. You were getting your music spun in the stadium or in the pavilion, mm -hmm. excuse me, mm -hmm. and you would come to a lot of games. You got to watch him yeah. and see him play a little bit. You got any right. words from your yeah. experience of seeing him ball? I was just going to say, basically, I'm not going to say too much because I didn't know him personally, you know, on a right. personal level, but... Uh, going to the Portland State basketball games was an experience for real. From the stadium to, you know, the players, they had a couple ballers. I seen some close games. Uh, it it was fun. I, I met up with the Viking and took some pictures from the stands. As you mentioned, the DJ uh, EJ that DJ. He was playing my music. The yeah. cheerleaders had Getting a dance to routine your boy to on the it. Call. <laughs> yeah, got to see you on the call. It was an experience, for great real. one. And so. Uh, you know, out of that experience, it was a few people who stood out who are actually playing the game. And Strick, as they call him, he was one of them. And maybe part of it was how short he was, but you could just tell he was lion-hearted. He was getting PT. He was making impact. And I happened to come to what was probably one of the hottest games that he had where he couldn't miss. You know exactly what I'm talking about because you was on the call. So sure. uh, after that game, I remember doing my personal research on him. Uh, seeing how rooted his family was to Portland, uh, going to look at his Instagram, seeing how close him and the other super dominant player, the light skin, because Boo Boo, Hollywood, yeah. Woods, Boo Boo Woods. So for him to be one of the three people who really made an impact, I was actually playing the game, you know, for me to watch. Uh, just the vibe that he gave off from being a spectator and seeing him on the court, it was unbelievable. When you told me that, I literally couldn't believe it. Since I was camping in high reception, I did the same thing. Instantly looked up the article, and uh, that was even sadder. Yeah, uh, it was it was rather graphic to me with some of his last words and all of that. So, uh, just sad, unfortunate. It put a lot of things into perspective. Um, deaths always, you know, affect me a different kind of way because I mean, you only get one life, man, and you know when you when you don't get to fully you know live out that it just it, it really bothers me so shout out to his family uh you know on the untimely passing and everybody involved with that and uh yeah yeah shout out to everybody involved and that's dealing with it because i got a lot of mutual friends that i see that's affected, that's affected by it as well for sure yeah he was a staple out here he was a staple not a stamp but um 
now I want to at least get into some content here and I don't want to start with anything controversial. I mean, it may end up being controversial because it's me and you, but I don't think it's a controversial People topic. People like how we like argue. Some of the, yeah, they do, for sure. <laughs> That's what I said. I mean, it may just go there. I can't guarantee you anything, but my goal in talking about this was to kind of lighten the mood up because I definitely had to say some words after the podcast ending the way it did on last episode and you not being here the last episode to share your piece about Strict, but um, let's talk about a little bit of music, man, because it's a big music day in hip-hop, but especially here in the city of Portland, because Big Dollar just dropped today. (laughs) Big Dollar. Yeah, he did. And you know when it comes to the music, I always dish the ball off to you because of your rapping skills and ability and everything that you do within the industry, so talk to me, man. All right, you know, from a a music standpoint, uh, a real a fan first because I'm a fan of him on the court and I'm a fan of him really taking the title as the best rapper in the NBA. We've yeah. known since the Shaq era that it's always somebody in rap. Iverson did it and a lot of them Kobe get co- even did yeah, it. A lot of them get coined yeah. corny. You feel me? <laughs> and, uh, a lot of them do and, get coined yeah, corny. Nah, for real. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Dollar, he, he is maintaining that level of respect. I'm seeing now it's been 2017, 18, or... He dropped in 17 and now in 19 Maybe 16, again. 18, yeah, 16, 19, 17, yeah, 17 and, and 19. 19. I don't think he dropped yeah, last exactly. year. Exactly. So yeah. 16, 17, and 19, you know, three projects. Uh, gradually getting better every time, in my opinion. Uh, I really like the project. I'm going to start off with there. Uh, I would be fake if I didn't tell you, you know, what I... I'm not even going to say dislike, but what I thought could be better. So I'm going to start off with what I liked. And what I liked is... I got two personal favorite songs, and boy, they are out the park. And one of them is called Cupid, and the other one is called Moneyball with Jeremiah. Those are two records where I feel like the production was bigger. I feel like it forced him to come with a... Damian Lillard is a dope rapper. He can put words together. He makes sense. The, uh, The content makes sense. It's all good. I think he just has a pocket that he's comfortable with. If that makes sense. Yeah. So it's like his come offs on his verses could sound kind of similar to me. Being a rapper, I know that I'm mindful of trying to change, you know, my style yeah. and my cadence. And I get caught up in it sometimes where I'm like, that that verse sounds too much like the same cadence or structure right. as another verse. Well, so, I think a lot of that probably has to do with the fact that he's not a full-time rapper. And, and I agree. So he can't really play with his cadences as much because yeah. during season, he's not in the studio just vibing, having jam right, sessions, right. all of that and kind of stuff. And being somebody so, that's in music, obviously, I don't get out of pat because I don't listen to it and I don't think the spectator listens that he's part-time. I take it as he takes his music and his craft serious. Right. And like I said, there's no knock. It's just that, that would that's be my... Reality. That would be Love my it. critique, and so I think why those two songs are my personal favorites is because I felt like it was a different flow to match these different and bigger sounding beats. Those are two that I felt like could be potential radio songs. Wow. Uh, another critique that I have is that they started off with a, a song featuring Lil Wayne, and I thought Lil Wayne's feature on the 17 project was better than the 19 okay. project. Okay. I think that run it up. Yeah. was a hard song. It was a banger. Undeniable. And I think that even Lil Wayne's flow on that one, like, you know, with that other uh, codeine and my makeup and all yeah. that, he just was going on that, you feel me? So I personally like the feature from Lil Wayne better on 17 uh, than 19. And obviously that's out of Damian Lillard's control. So that would be my overall 
thing. It yeah. was a solid project. I see the growth. Uh, I like his flow. I like his content, what he has to say. I think he's clever. I think he's in pocket. I just think I would like to see more of a challenge now because I'm used to the kind of the cadence and the sound from him. Right, for sure. I think it's interesting because I remember when Damian Lillard did drop his album, Dame Dollar to be exact, did drop his album in 2017. And right. that's when I was doing the radio show, the Justin Devon show. And we went on the airwaves and we covered that album. And the way that the angle that I took and kind of the perspective, the perspective I had when it came to analyzing and ultimately critiquing his music was I'm not going to treat Dame as that player that you talked about, the best rapper in the NBA or a rapper that's trying not to be corny. Not saying trying not to be because I think it's all natural what he's doing, but right. that rapper who's not corny because he's rapping and playing ball at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um I wanted to look at that project, and I did look at that project from the lens of Dame, Dame as an artist, period. Mm -hmm. It wasn't from a lens of where he came from to where he is now. Right. And I wasn't 100% sold on his artistry at that time. I remember. I am 100% sold as Dame, as for Dame Dollar as an artist now, and I totally disattached... You know, him being a ball player and a rapper at the same time. Like, I'm looking at this strictly from the lens of him being the artist. So, with that being said, last week on the podcast, we actually talked about some music. I talked about YBN Corday. I talked about E-40. I talked about Chance the Rapper because they all released on the same day. Mm -hmm. And... I noticed that that's kind of a pattern that I'm getting into when it comes to covering a lot of this music is I'm listening to a lot of these albums that have uh, either the same day releases or releases within 48 hours of each other. And mm -hmm. I'm kind of comparing those because music is just moving so fast and I like to hear fast, it all. Boy. So fast. whatever sticks for me is what I'll probably have on repeat. Now with those albums, I had about a week to listen to them. So mm -hmm. when I made those comparisons, you sat I, thought, on them I sat on them for a little while longer. So I will say I reserve the right to change my opinion on this week's wave of music that came out, um, Damian Lillard included, obviously, because I only had a night to really sit yeah, on I a had lot a of this music. I had a full listen. I'm going to listen but, some more, too. But I did have a listen to Damian Lillard's album. I had to listen to Rick Ross's album, and, listen, I, yeah. and I also listened to RJ's album uh, RJ from L.A. Slaps. My goodness. Now, what I will say is, with Dame, it was interesting because, once again, I'm looking at him from the lens of an artist. So, I'm comparing his album so the, to uh, RJ's artists, album sure. and Rick Ross's album, which both, which both released the same day. So, I'm not looking at it as Dame Who, separate from these it? artists. Tell me. I want to hear. It's only right. As far as ranking, you I, on the spot. I got RJ on repeat right now, 100%. You're going to put Dame before Rick Ross. I got Dame See, before Rick I, Ross. I, I, I got know Dame this for, man. And, I knew and, what and, it was going to be. And the reason why, that. and that's why I say I reserve the right to change my opinion I by next it. week, because Rick Ross... He had mood. He had mood music, which he always has. He's been always. one of those artists that has always had mood music. And quite frankly, I wasn't necessarily in the Port of Miami mood, which you might be because you just came back from Miami a couple months ago, mm -hmm. and you was on the Port of Miami chilling and I'm doing still your thing, doing I, things it, only I, you like, could do. That's why I haven't but, listened yet. For but real. and I'll say, Ross's album sounds bigger. His production of sounds course. bigger than both RJ and Damian Lillard's production. But I. 
enjoy listening more to Dames and especially listening more to RJs. Now, I do also want to call myself out because it was a while back when I talked about L.A. rappers and I was mentioning how YG was my favorite rapper out of L.A., even more so than Kendrick Lamar. Might be RJ. And a lot of it, no, it's not RJ, but what I'm saying is Mm -hmm. the reason why I think RJ is my favorite this week is because when it comes to like politics and social issues and things of that sort, my escape is more so YG and Ratchet type of music than it is Kendrick Lamar type of music. RJ gave me that ratchetness that I needed this week. Especially with especially with what's going on at my job and, and work and everything yeah. like that you gotta was, you it's gotta it's, it, huh? yeah you gotta you gotta uh, proud boys protest coming right here on August seventeenth the same day that my job was supposed to be throwing a twenty year anniversary street party so now we have to move the street party the mayor is coming out with a statement um, the chief of police is coming out with a statement like it's national news now that we're supposed to be having a proud boys racist protest happening right here in Portland to where our organization had to change days of our twenty year anniversary street party right so that's had me in a certain place mentally where I needed that other escape like RJ and Damity gave it to me. He's an artist. He's a <laughs> great Dam- artist. He, Damity he, gave it to me. He doesn't me. really miss, in my opinion. No, he doesn't. I think he's <laughs> underrated. One of the more underrated people in the game, but RJ don't miss too much. He don't so, miss too much, and so that was what slaps, I needed. Slaps. Now, now, if I had to dig a little, di- a little bit deeper to Dame's album, mm-hmm. his was the most relatable because I still listen to Damian Lillard and, you know, obviously... I know Damian Lillard. I hear the Oakland references, and I know Damian Lillard's from Oakland, but for me, when it comes to content, I like my content to be a little more profane, at least the content that I consume. I know and I can relate to where Damian Lillard is at and not being able to be as profane as he probably would be had he not been an NBA player because I've dealt with it transitioning from the radio industry into the podcast industry. In radio, I can't cuss. I have all these FCC rules and regulations that I got to abide by because that's how I'm getting paid. So when it came to podcasting, I had a tough time in being profane in certain moments when maybe I wanted to be. I'm a little bit looser now, but I'm still not necessarily where I know I can be if I'm out kicking it in the streets. And so I can relate to it, so it's not enough. contradict what you're saying a little bit, but it also is where I was going to give Damian Lillard more credit, and I was going to say in the growth of this project compared to the 2017 project, it was some blatant times where you could tell Damian Lillard wanted to cuss yeah. on that 2017 <laughs> project, and yeah. he didn't. Right. And it almost made certain references corny because yeah. you knew it was supposed to be a harsher word there. And in right, music, you right. don't like to have that box. You can tell in 2019... Brad just signed a super max deal and he don't give a damn about what y'all talk about. Mizey on there talking reckless. Uh, Dame yeah. got a little bit more deeper in he his got, references. Yeah. So in a realm of where I know he's still being safer than the turf that he come from and what he represent, it was a little bit more raunchy. It was a than, lot more raunchy. I, I like that. And, and, and I like really I said, like and I still think it can get a lot more raunchy. <laughs> That's why I than said that. I know it can. <laughs> it still was safe, but it was a lot more yeah. gutted than the one before. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Which like is where that. I feel it's, like it's you can really see that growth in him being an artist, and for him to be able to keep uh, to compete with the other artists that I mentioned. Even still with having certain limitations to what he can say in a profane way, 
I give him a lot of credit yeah, for this album that thing. he just dropped. He so it was no it. knock because I could actually relate to going from radio where I got to kind of be suit and tie buttoned down to a podcast where I can loosen yeah. up and say whatever the hell I want. So, yeah, I, I thought it was a pretty interesting album. I thought he did great. Um, it's definitely his best body of work. And a lot of people who got to listen to the album before it actually released said the same thing. I've... I've Follow those sentiments and you know, shout out to Dame. That was a big time. And album before we close out, out, LeBron gave him the ultimate live as he usually does with the artists that's dropping that he like. I've noticed that LeBron has made a tradition when somebody got sure. to show love, For tag sure. them on the post. Whoopty whoop. Well, so. I mean, let's be real. They they, they, they space jam brothers now. LeBron yeah, and Dame got saying. a different they, they kind got, of relationship. No, and, and in, a, they, in addition yeah, to that, 100%. he really rock with Dame, and I like that. Yeah, he, he got a, a genuine, I think, real recognized, real, and he really rock with Dame. That's what's up. That's what's up. So next up, speaking of LeBron, actually, we're going to talk about his best friend and agent, Rich Paul, and the Rich Paul rule that has been floating around here after some regulations that were changed by those people right there, the NCAA. So keep it locked. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast with Devon Pouncey. Keep it locked, folks, as we continue to give you a winning formula. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast. Visit ThatCast.com for more great content on ThatCast Network. So, D-Boy. Talk to me. We got the Rich Paul rule out there, and I know many of the listeners may have heard about it, but for those that have not heard about it, um, essentially the NCAA last year, they allowed for players to declare for the NBA draft, to be able to hire an agent, and they won't necessarily lose their eligibility if they decide to undeclare within a certain time period. So basically that means these players get to go through the draft process even though they might not necessarily be leaving or wanting to leave their college that year because they're talented enough and they're producing well enough. Because from Portland State did it, Boo-boo, right? Boo-Boo Woods. Mm-hmm. Boo-Boo Woods. You can, you can declare for the draft. He's only a sophomore, all-conference player as a sophomore. So he's somebody with NBA potential, which I told you a while yeah, you back. You told me before you, I seen it. Yeah, you told me yeah, before I seen it. I, I, knew, I knew he was it. good. NBA a different ball game. I said maybe overseas, but you told me. Hey, I knew he was that good. Like I know that kind of talent to know that this dude's got a nice enough game to where in a couple years from now he's got NBA potential. His smoothness, his skill set, and his ability is already there. He's a little short, but with a couple years, if he gets a little more strength on him and if he continues to improve on that jump shot, which already isn't bad, Ice. but. He'll have time to really be able to just dial it in over the next couple of years. He could be one of those point guards coming out of the Big Sky Conference like Damian Lillard, who also played in the Big Sky Conference and playing in the league. And I actually do want to talk about that a little bit more. But just to finish giving the background on the Rich Paul rule, these players can declare for the draft. They can hire an agent. And then after a certain amount of time, they can decide to not declare or to undeclare from the draft and return back to play for their respected universities. So last year, it was all fine and dandy. You You can pick and choose whoever you want. It to represent you as an agent during that process. So, offseason's pretty much come and gone. We're now getting ready to start college again. We're getting ready to start, you know, hoops. College hoops is getting ready to be a different period when it comes to dead periods and things of that sort that all, you know, rely in that NCAA bubble. But the NCAA earlier this week decided to come out with a qualification for agents that represent NCAA players and that qualification is that well one of them 
is that these agents must have a bachelor's degree in order to represent these athletes that are now declaring for the draft from the NCAA. There's a few more qualifications among that um, that these agents have to have, but as far as one, the one that would eliminate Rich Paul from being able to be an agent at that level is that Rich Paul, who is pretty much best friends with LeBron James, who also doesn't has a bachelor degree, doesn't have a bachelor degree. <laughs> this might be the wrong word, but it sounds like the NCAA is becoming quite controlling to me. Well, it's been controlling. Right. It's been controlling. And it's just more and more ex exposition or exposing yeah, of it, right? For sure. So, my question to you is, what could be the motive behind that? Money. As far as Rich Paul, like, how does Rich Paul being an agent affect NCAA's money? Well, because Rich Paul is like the most prominent agent in basketball right now. And Rich Paul, LeBron James in their camp call out the NCAA in a plethora of ways. LeBron never played in the NCAA. So I think his voice, obviously him being LeBron James amplifies his voice. But mm -hmm. the fact that he didn't, didn't play, play in the NCAA and either and doesn't really have an emotional attachment to college ball and a certain university that he plays for, he's like unfiltered when it comes to his criticism. Of the, of the NCAA, That's why and asking. then you think good, about, good and then you think about Darius Baisley, the kid who was a top twenty-five recruit, ESPN recruit coming out last year, who just got drafted this year. Instead of going and playing college ball, what does he do? He gets a million-dollar internship with Puma, who was his agent. That that Rich Paul, exactly. So, with that being said, you have Rich Paul, who has so much power and who pretty much has the biggest stars in the NBA as his clients already. And because him and LeBron are trying to break down so many walls and barriers at so many different levels, the NCAA knows the risk that comes with him being able to represent their athletes. Tell me this. Is there a ceiling higher than the NCAA? And what I mean by that is how does that, like, is it what they say goes as far as this qualification or can it be challenged or is it... Is nobody really I mean, to go? It's their own organization. They I'm run saying. their they, organization. They're separate. They're how they want they're, to. They're an independent organization, so mm. they're separate from the NBA. They're separate from so Rich any Paul other league. Deal with it. That was ultimately my question. Rich he got to deal with it. One hundred percent. Unless <laughs> unless people are making enough they of a, unless people are making enough of a fuss. Which this could do them, this could do the NCAA more harm than good if it start getting boycotted and blackballed and all this kind of stuff. One hundred percent. They're already on that road. Yeah, I see. <laughs> they're already on that road so the ncaa is just basically like here we're gonna cut you off right now because you already creating too many waves you're the cover of sports illustrated you got all the top athletes in the nba right now which is only gonna affect didn't have and they, they said we're gonna make that the qualification attack the shit out of it <laughs> Attack the shit out That's of cold. it. And it's interesting to me because obviously I played in the NCAA, but most importantly right now, I cover the NCAA at the Division One level where I'm covering these athletes that are going through these different draft processes. And one thing, one role that I've always kind of tried to play in society and especially in my workplace is being that person in the media that can actually represent these players in a certain way that doesn't mean i won't criticize them but it means i'm 
I stand out in that industry because there's not a lot of people that look like me in the media landscape. But there's a lot of people that look like me when it comes to who the media landscape covers. So with that, I try to be that representation. I can kind of connect those dots from being somebody who played ball in college, being somebody that's the same race as you, that grew up in the inner city like you, and now I have a bachelor's degree too. So right. I can kind of connect those dots when it comes to certain circles I can be in because I have this bachelor's degree in comparison to certain circles I could be in because of how I came up and how I was raised and who I relate to. I think that's one thing that really is going to hurt the NCAA is Pretty much the entire basketball industry can relate to LeBron James and Rich Paul and what it is that they're doing. So by the NCAA cutting something so relatable to its athletes, something so relatable to this particular sport, it's going to create more tension between them and their athletes that are playing in the NCAA. And now you're really going to see people be able to use the NCAA as a way to make waves because NCAA don't really give a fuck about us. No way. Cause look Facts. at what they just did. Yeah, It's all about the money. <laughs> so, so it's so and like I said, that's as somebody that's as somebody that covers the NCAA is I just don't think it was the greatest move necessarily. Now I understand, like I said, I understand kind of the relationship that a lot of these athletes have to these older athletes and kind of the uh the it's more like a, a fraternity the fraternity that the sport of basketball creates so i know how much that's going to affect and how heavy that's going to be on the, on the mind of so many young athletes and you got lebron's son coming up who's going to be able to affect and influence a whole nother generation of athletes that's going to have to kind of go through this ncaa landscape as well or not Fact. <laughs> or Fact. not so it just wasn't necessarily the greatest move. And What's I think, your hot take? What you think is going to happen? Is the, is the NCAA going to suffer or are they too big where it's not going to affect? I don't necessarily, I don't think this is a short-term ordeal. I don't no, I'm think just saying in the I long mean, run, whether it's short a billion, or long. It's not going to crash. It's a billion-dollar industry. I agree. But, but I do think that you're going to see a lot more players looking for other options rather than playing in the NCAA. That's what I think. But I don't think the NCAA is going to... I mean, like I said, I'm going to still go out there and cover it mm -hmm. in a few months. So, yeah, like, I, it, I don't, I don't, I, like, yeah, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? But like I said, the role that I play is being kind of that bridge from the media to the athletes. So, I understand how it can affect these players because of the connection that I try to bring to the game as well. So, yeah, I mean, the NCAA is not going to crash. We're still going to see great basketball. I think it might have an uh, impact on the NCAA's biggest event, which is March Madness. I just don't want more and more sports to have what I've called the NFL effect, where it's just like you're hearing more talking about who's going to be watching the games on Sunday or who's going to boycott it more so than – you know, the actual sport being talked about. I felt like it was a lot about what team was kneeling and what team wasn't or what player was kneeling. I just don't want it to become a thing yeah, like that. Yeah, but somebody's going to have necessary. to... It might be necessary, but not only might it be necessary, somebody has to take responsibility for that's that. That's why I'm, I'm just... That's just <laughs> me being a fan of a the fan sport. A fan of the sport, I get it. Wanting, like, like you said, where RJ was your escape from the world, like, Sundays be my escape. As yeah. much as I hate what the NFL is doing... Outside of the political side of it, I still love to Sports watch is an football escape. from ten in the morning until about eight at night on mm -hmm. Sunday. It's it, you know, so it it I hate that more and more organizations are doing these 
fraud type of situations to uh-huh. make it to where the political stance is taking more so attention than the actual sport. Yeah, I, I hear you. I, I hear that's you. That's what man. I hate. You know, and it might be kinda, selfish. Kind of you know? necessary. Though. Like, yeah, that's kinda what I'm necessary. saying. They're putting us yeah, in these positions, necessary. and I hate that. Yeah, for sure, for yeah. sure. I hate it, but I love it at the same damn time. Because I'm <laughs> You're somebody, a real politician. Yeah, right. I mean, I'm, I'm into I'm politics. I'm a rapper. I, I want to focus on what I'm doing and <laughs> yeah, like to be like, good. I'm into politics, so it's like, like the political with shit. me being <laughs> into politics, I like to see our growth within it. I like to try to be a change and be a difference. Like, I enjoy it. I get it. I do get a rush out of it. But like I said before, I do also need that escape from it sometimes yeah. as well. And that's where we're yin and yang in the situation or the aspect of the fact that I simply won't engage. I had somebody two weeks ago try to talk politics and actually kind of bash uh, uh, Barack Obama. Didn't even comment. I, I will not talk politics with you. I think it will create a situation that <laughs> yeah, is not. Okay. I might not you know, like with, you. Yeah. Huh? It, 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 <laughs> And I pro- and I probably still will depict the feeling about you, even based on what you said. But I just right. won't engage in that. I feel like it's too touchy, and unless I care about you or I got a relationship yeah. where I know it could be handled, I'm gonna stay away from it because I I think it goes south a lot of. The I time. think it. Yeah, I do think that's actually a good point that you make because I do think that you have to be strategic. Mm-hmm. When it comes to discussing politics, Facts. if you know you somebody that's gonna turn into a firecracker off discussing politics mm-hmm. and get yourself in trouble and mm-hmm. and 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 allow people to kind of confirm a stereotype that they probably already think about you, yeah, just stay just away, stay from, away it. from it. Relax a little bit. It's all good. Like yeah. life still goes on. But if you're somebody who knows how to kind of navigate through it. We need you. You're very necessary as well. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's good that you're able to kind of cut yourself off in that manner. Yeah, but for me, it's, this need, is yeah. my lifestyle right, <laughs> right now. Right. And uh, like I said, I'm mayor. thoroughly enjoying it. I'm thoroughly <laughs> enjoying it. But I do understand, just like anybody with the job, mine's just so happen to be my profession covering these types of things. You need a break from the job. You need an escape from the job. You yeah. need a Even if you love it. And Which I don't is why dig, Dame is probably rapping. <laughs> like, I don't want to dig too deep into it. This might even be a topic for later on, you know, down the road or whatever. But I just feel like when it comes to all of the negative stuff that's happening right now, I I feel like the last 10 years have been really racially and politically intensified. 100%. I think you before, had a black president, that, like you said, an exactly, orange president. You know what I mean? And right. so before that, I literally <laughs> think it was a time where... Obviously, you'll hear race. I think what I'm trying to say is I think we're as close to racism and all of that kind of stuff now as ever before uh, uh, when it was at its worst. Yeah. I think we're closest to that right now. And uh, I try to stay out of that as much as possible. I don't want to, you know, even contribute to that conversation. Like you said, it's a lot of people who can't handle it, turn into a firecracker or quite frankly, don't even have the mind capacity to keep it political. They get damn near disrespectful in right. a situation where your opinion doesn't have to come off as disrespectful For or sure. firm. It's an opinion. Right. And some people don't take that stance, so I, I stay away from I it. I hear you. I hear you. I love it, though. But anywho, <laughs> next up, we got the Take a Nail segment, so keep it locked. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast with Devon Pouncey. Keep it locked, folks, as we continue to give you a winning formula. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast. Visit thatcast.com for more great content on ThatCast Network. D-Boy. I'm back. 
Losses and lessons, man. Taking L's right now. Sometimes oh. it could be a loss. Sometimes it could be a lesson. We gave a I few like winning that. formulas today. We gave the winning formula on Damian Lillard and what he was able to do and accomplish with his album. Really, you know, music industry as a whole and some of the albums that came out. Um, so we definitely gave some winning takes on that. Um, I think we gave a winning take on the Rich Paul rule. And now I want to hear a losing take or a lesson that somebody needs to take away, probably from losing. But either way, you're taking an L, whether it's a loss or a lesson. Talk to me. Facts. All right. I'm going to start off then with this segment. And I'm going to go ahead and say that I believe, and the story is still unfolding as far as I know, I'm going to go ahead and say the Oakland Raiders just took a big, big, big L today. <laughs> the, the Oakland, Oakland Raiders. Raiders. I'm an Oakland Raider fan, and you know it. 100%. The, the world know it. As far as anybody who follows, listens, know about my football. I played for the Vallejo Raiders Youth Football Pop Warner organization. I grew up 25, 30 minutes from Oakland. Uh, the Raiders, that's what, that's what it's been for me. So, uh, with that being said, if I read correctly... I still need to do some more research and digging. I think a lot of the story just unfolded today or at least came out and was made public today. But mm -hmm. uh, I, what I read is that Antonio Brown let the Raider officials know that if he can't use the old style of helmet that he is used to wearing or wants to wear, that he will not be playing in the NFL this season. Am I correct? Retire. He'll retire. He won't be playing. He'll be retiring. He'll be Shout done. out to Tyler over yeah, here. Shout out to Tyler <laughs> over here. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, I didn't know if it was not going to be playing for this season or – I mean, it makes sense when, you know, the boy Tyler over there says retire because if they don't grant him to wear that helmet, it's not like they're going to change it next season. And he's only getting older. He's already a veteran. So, yeah, it makes right. sense. He will retire. And that's why I say it's more of a loss for the Raiders than it is for Antonio Brown because he is a veteran. He has played the game for plenty of years. As a Raider fan, you look forward to seeing AB in a Raider uniform, right? Hell yeah. Exactly. So with everything going to, uh, you know, the move in the near future to Las Vegas for the Raider Stadium, um, obviously us every year as fans going into what we think is our changing year where we'll finally be good. Uh, we, we banked on Marshawn Lynch. Right. Even in his veteran years, and that didn't work. Uh, we got an old Jerry Rice, and that didn't like. We've been weak for a long time. You yeah. feel me? So we Derek Carr show flashes of being a great quarterback, and then he stunk it up. I think for a season. So yeah. it's just like I feel like it's just the curse that we've been you know going against and trending for quite some time now. And with the NFL making a lot of decisions that aren't favoring us. We could just be clear with that. That's what's going on. Right. I don't think that this will be any different. And I can't say Antonio Brown is taking an L for one. He's had a long career. But for two, we know the impact of these head injuries. Mm -hmm. We've talked about some potential maybe suicides happening from post-traumatic helmet-to-helmet situation. with What was that? Junior Seau, yep, I believe. Yep, yep. Uh, and a host of other people who either retire super early or can vouch for the fact that it is some long-term effects that take place from these hits. So if the technology in his helmet is something that he played with and has become used to and feels safe with and it gets stripped 
it's kind of like the situation with Rich Paul. It's the fact that he's been able to represent all these players and now they change something or take something away to where it's no longer qualified and it changes the whole dynamic of what you do right. for a living. Uh, I can't knock him. Like yeah. I said, I would definitely have to look more in depth in uh Tyler, real quick while you in. We got shout out to Tyler, like you said earlier. We My got a boy. listener in right now who joined in the squad. We got some good things in the work. So did I cover that as far as the details? Was that accurate on that? Absolutely. That was the main thing there. The only other thing is the NFL is just trying to keep make sure the new helmets are all up to date, newest technology and everything. So they're trying to look out for AB's head, but AB wants the vision that he gets with his helmet. He's played his with whole careers. So ah, okay. And it. that's why I said I would have to look more because I would think vision is more so with the face mask. I remember being a quarterback in well, my I mean, youth. Well, I mean, he is I'm a saying, receiver. That's right. But I'm saying, right. But I'm saying I would think that's I would think a different face mask could fix that problem, if if that makes sense. I remember they used to say quarterbacks shouldn't wear two-bar Dickersons because you got them two bars right. up here, and it right. affects your, you know, they want it that clear up here at the top. So right. I got to look more into the story, but if Antonio Brown, in fact, doesn't play this season or retires for whatever reason, it's a huge loss to the Oakland Raiders. Yeah, we want Antonio Brown out we, there on the field, one hundred percent. I tell you, that's that why much. I gave it to the Raiders. Please man. don't retire. Raiders, if this is how it unfolds, please don't retire. We took a L again. Please don't retire, boy. I've been talking too much shit that's about what I'm Antonio saying. Brown I know. coming to town and changing the whole dynamic yeah. of our organization. We talked about a lot Ooh, of people wee. doing it, and it ain't yeah, happening ain't about happened. since the Tuck Rule been, been embedded. <laughs> Two took an L in your book, Pete. Talk well, to me. Well, for me, I brought a little bit of a mention to it earlier but um i gotta kind of get a little more controversial with it and give it to the proud boys and i'm not necessarily giving it to the proud boys because i want to say too much about them if you don't know who they are um they're the easiest thing to research and find out um but long story short they have incited some violence and they're coming here to portland which is known i guess to the outside world as a liberal city and they're basically trying to cause a ruckus and, you know, start racial wars and things of that sort, which is what they do. If you want to know more about them, look it up yourself. I don't really want to talk about them too much. But the reason why I'm saying that they're taking an L is because I actually want to prop up the organization that I work for, which is Street Roots. Um, very well-known nonprofit organization. Um, we're more of a two-fold organization where we have our editorial that produces a weekly newspaper that sells greatly here in the city of Portland. And then we have our vendor program, which consists of the people, mostly homeless and impoverished, that go out and sell those newspapers that are created by the editorial side. We publish the vendors and we, we publish like their poetry and certain different things as well. So you get real news from the streets, but you also get real news like real real news that really matters is great journalism it, it's it's social issue type of work that we really cover and i think you can learn a lot from our newspapers our newspaper as well um but oh, <laughs> we already seen antonio brown memes <laughs> with, sorry to interject with 1940 but. helmets <laughs> it's crazy oh, with 1940 the internet helmets. is too fast but but, so but anywho the day that this uh protests is supposed to take place is august 17th and now as i mentioned before august 17th was the day that our organization was supposed to be throwing a street party um it's going to be a real big event we're still throwing it but we're going to throw it on august 18th now which is sunday from 1 to 4 p.m and i really just want to encourage you all to come and 
just enjoy what our organization has to offer celebrate 20 years of us being able to produce a publication that has made so many waves and helped create so many changes here in portland one of the most recent which i've talked about often is uh portland street response where police will no longer be certain uh will no longer be first responders excuse me to a lot of cases on the streets because the statistics surrounding the arrest rates when it comes to the homeless population is outrageous here in the city of portland so um you know we're still going to gather with the vendors too as well we're working some things out to try to make sure they have a safe space on august 17th because there is going to be a protest and it's it can get nasty mayor ted wheeler has come out um with the statement on not wanting the proud boys to be here chief of police danielle outlaw she has come out and talked about you know how they're amping up the police force and there may even possibly be some national security out here as well so it's expected to be a pretty intense day which is absolutely disgusting but that's where we're at right now but still come on out and support our organization on the 18th um like i said we we really do some great things, man, and I want you all to be able to just see and get a feel of what it is that we do. You hear me talk about it often here on the podcast, especially you Portlanders, with the work I do, with the articles I write for them, with me overseeing the vendor program. Like It's great stuff that we're doing over there, so please come out and support August 18th, Sunday, 1 to 4 p.m., and... Uh, the L is ultimately going to the Proud Boys for even coming out here and attempting to do such a thing in a city like Portland, which is known as liberal and is definitely trying to transition into being a liberal city. But for a lot of what the Proud Boys stand against, like Portland isn't the hub of where you go to to be able to really be violent or be a terrorist to some people that may not necessarily get back at you. I'll leave y'all to think about that one as we wrap up this podcast here today. Um, D-Boy, holla at me. You got anything to say? Any social media networks? Any albums oh, dropping? You, you know, got a birthday you know, coming got, up? Yeah, Make some man. announcements for yeah, me. Yeah, man. Dirty 30 coming up, man. I'm uh -oh. turning 30 years old on August 21st, so that's coming up. Uh, I do have a project dropping in August as well. Obviously, it'll be late August. I don't have an official release date yet, but by next podcast, I should have that for you. So uh, be looking out for that. The project is called Life Outside Social Media. Also, shout out to Oliver Maroney, man. He just plugged me this week. I will be at the Big Three Championships. He's been a guest on, on here, yeah, too. he's been a guest. And he has his own podcast as well, which yeah. I really like, and I listen to it. I, I got the clip uh, idea from him. He posts a lot of his clips with some interesting topics on Instagram and it pops up on my feed. So shout out to him for the plug. Uh, I'll be out there a little ways away, September 1st, but I'm looking forward to it. I really like the big three and what I see from them. So uh, yeah, life outside social media coming out in August. I'll be turning 30. Make sure y'all reach out and show some love. And that's it for me, P. And you know where to find me at Pounce underscore Sation. Um, always working, like I said, keep supporting the podcast. Keep supporting Street Roots. Subscribe and rate this podcast. We would greatly appreciate if you subscribe and rate this podcast. If you tell a friend to tell a friend. And after that, give it your all in whatever it is that you do. With that being yes. said, we're going to leave y'all the only way that we know how. And that is to stay woke and, and go, go win. win.